0: Alaska's Newsmakers Action
1: Line KINY And good afternoon everybody You are listening to another Action Line episode Joining me in the studio today I have new Juno Police Chief Derek Boss And joining me in the studio this time And not to be referred to in the third person I have Jazz Garrett, my, my reporter He's also in here with me How are you both doing today?
0: I'm doing good Jordan
2: I'm doing great, thanks
1: Good, good to hear. Now, obviously, Chief Boss, you are new to town, so obviously, my first question really for you is, how you been settling in so far?
2: So far, it's been great. We're probably the only family in Juno that loves all this snow, but we're loving the deep snow and meeting uh, people, and it's it's going really well. Thank you.
1: you know, fair enough. Hey, you haven't been in Anchorage; that's where all <laughs> of the snow is, so it could be more extreme.
2: That's what I've heard. But uh, so just take,
1: appreciate the snow that you did get. That's my big thing there. And then Jasmine. I talk to you enough, I know. I I generally know how your day is going.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, to really get into sort of the meat of what I want to talk with you about today, first of all, what are some of your big priorities now that you're here acting as the police chief?
2: You know, I would say my, my top priority is really learning the department. And just getting to know the people, the things we do well, the things that we need to work on. And then the second piece of that is getting to know the community. Kind of the same thing. You know, what is the community's perspective on what we do well and what do we need to work on? And then the third piece of that is bringing those two together and, you know, let's keep doing what we do well. And the things that we need to work on, how do we do those better?
1: Gotcha. Now, my next question sort of build off of that is how do you plan to build that trust with the Juno community?
2: So really, I approach that as a uh, one-on-one relationship between each individual officer and each individual in the community as they build those relationships. Um, I, I think that the core of everything we do is relationships uh, between individuals. You know, it's, it's nearly impossible for an entity to have a relationship with a, another entity. And, you know, how do you even define the community? You know, that's, that's a lot of people. But if we break it down to the individuals, the individual officer and the individuals in the community, that's where we start building relationships, which equals trust and respect. Um, you know, we could get into, you know, different relationships with businesses, with Chamber of Commerce, with uh, nonprofits, but it really all comes down to the individuals.
1: Gotcha. Now, I am going to turn this next question over to Jazz.
0: How will you take your previous experience as a police chief in Colorado and then integrate it into this role?
2: That's a great question. I get asked that almost every day <laughs> by my own staff. You know, I, I think the big thing there is I do have a lot of previous experience. I do have a lot to build from, you know, and I think what I've already experienced just in the last 10 days or so that I've been here is, um, you know, I have a very different uh background from the state laws and things that were going on in Colorado that have not been going on in Alaska so I'm asking questions that's kind of prompting a lot of thought and a lot of uh, you know we haven't dealt with that yet so we're I would say in a lot of ways we're ahead of the curve here for Alaska um, and that problems that we encountered and dealt with in Colorado we haven't encountered yet here so we're prepared to deal with some of those and we're a step ahead.
0: What are some of those problems?
2: That's a good question. You know, I think one of the biggest ones that uh, we experienced in Colorado that really hasn't hit Alaska, uh, and, and it's a good thing, but all the police reform movements um, that we experienced in Colorado had a very negative, challenging impact on law enforcement. And here there's still a much higher level of trust. And so taking from that experience and looking at how do we stay accountable to our community? How do we be open and transparent with our community? Those are challenges that we haven't really faced in Alaska, but we can be ahead of that. So we can proactively be transparent, we can proactively be accountable, and, and really dodge that issue that we had to uh, address in Colorado.
1: Gotcha, I think it's very important that you note that I've, I've mentioned a couple of times on this, this program when I've talked with some of the other members of JPD that the Juneau Police Department is one of those very few departments that I do have that level of trust and feel that level of safety with, whereas when I do go outside, go back down to lower 40, there is that level of apprehensiveness that I would feel interacting with those other police departments. So to hear that you kind of talk about how, you know, that hasn't really happened here and the role that plays, I think is quite interesting.
2: Yeah. And I I think, you know, our goal is that we never get to that point. You know, we don't want to be that uh, catalyst of distrust in the community. Uh, We want trust and we want positive relationships. And so anything we can do to maintain that and make it better is our goal
0: right some of the jpd officers that have um, come in before mentioned that a lot of that trust comes from the fact that they work and live in Juno. while in other places maybe the officer doesn't live where they work so it kind of comes back to working with the individuals like you mentioned
2: absolutely and i think there's another piece of that of <coughs> Uh, you know, the relationships extend beyond just when we're wearing the uniform. You know, if I'm at a soccer game watching my kids and I'm, I'm, I'm there as a father, I'm not there as a police officer, I still have a relationship with the father standing next to me watching his kids. And so it's, it's got to be more than just a, while I'm working there's a relationship. It's got to be in every facet of my life.
0: Right, I think during the ceremony where you were sworn in, it says you like to participate in outdoor activities. Yes. What are some of those activities you like to do? (laughs)
2: Hiking, camping, hunting, fishing, um, and and there's a myriad more here that I've never experienced that I want to, but uh, fishing from boats, fishing um, out in the ocean, never done that before. uh, So those are all things that we're excited to try and new things for us. Um, but rock climbing, I don't even know what the possibilities are here for that, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot for us to explore. So
1: yeah, You'll get your sea legs. It comes with time.
0: <laughs> for sure. And
1: for then sure. when it comes to rock climbing, you can always get started at the, the University's rec center. They've got some stuff there. There's gotcha.
0: also a rock dump. Yes. I've it. seen that yeah. already. So, yeah.
1: Gotcha. So obviously, JPD has been struggling with a staffing shortage over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. now. And currently, the department is down about 14 sworn officers. How do you plan to address that recruitment and retention
2: issue? So uh, I'll kind of answer that in reverse order, if you will. Um, To me, retention is, is the key of recruitment. Our officers are the best recruiters. And so by retaining them and keeping our officers happy and keeping a strong, healthy culture, leads into recruitment. So I think step number one of all that is making sure we have a healthy, um, non-toxic, strong work culture and a work environment where people want to come to work every day, where they're not exhausted, they're not burned out, uh, where they're appreciated, where they're valued. And that segues into them being our best recruiters. Um, you know, I can, I can go recruit people, but if they don't stay, there's no benefit there. So really, I think it starts with retention. And then it segues into recruitment. Um, We do have uh, very good systems in place for recruitment, and so I think we just need to uh, make our retention better, make it a happier, healthier culture, and I think that will hopefully resolve the problem over the, the course of time.
0: How are some of the ways you'll establish that culture and morale with the officers?
2: So that goes back to what i talked about earlier of just learning the department it's easy to look and see like here's the challenge uh, here's what we're facing but the solution is not always readily readily apparent so i don't have a great answer for you on some of that i think it goes back to i'm still too new to know mm-hmm. um you know i can look and see we have a tired culture um, the solution to that i'm still working on but i do think um, it goes back to the relationships between me and the officers. You know, I think relationships are huge in, in everything we do, but it starts on me building trust and respect with the officers, with the dispatchers. Not only are we short on the, the officer side, but we're very short in dispatch as well. So just building the rapport with, with the existing staff uh, is step one of uh, of improving the culture.
0: Okay, And then one question that I didn't write down here, but I wanted to ask, was what led you to choose Deputy Chief Campbell as your Deputy Chief?
2: So I came up in December, and we did do an actual uh, promotional process. And uh, I I was able to be part of that, which was great, even though I wasn't actually here yet as Chief. Um, I I felt very uh, privileged that the the borough and city wanted me to be part of it, And, and crucial that I'd be part of it. But uh, going through the interview process with him, um, looking at his skills and qualifications, and then looking at the, the department's perspective as well, um, as part of that, that promotional process, we solicited feedback from, from the staff. Um, and I think you know, the, the values that he has, what is important to him, what his priorities are for the department and the community are uh, hand in glove with mine. And so um, I think that's a a big piece of it. I think he and I will work very well together, and I think he's very respected within the department. He has great ideas. He has great um, thought processes for how to move the department forward. And uh, I I think he and I will work very well together, and I hope that the department benefits from our, our team.
1: Now, the next question I have for you, it's okay if you're not able to fully answer this question this time, as you haven't been here for too long, but I think it's a very important question to ask, which is, you know, as the police chief in Juno, how do you plan to handle cases of murdered or missing indigenous people? Now, it's obviously a very serious issue within this community, in the state, as well as, you know, around the country, but have you begun to sort of maybe familiarize yourself with some of those cases?
2: From a macro perspective, I, I think we need to treat any homicide Uh, any missing person with equal amount of resources and energy and effort so I know one of the challenges in the past at least from the lower 48 perspective missing and murdered indigenous persons haven't gotten the same level of resources they haven't gotten the same level of attention public attention sometimes um, you know we we do a press release on this one but not that one so we, we we have done a bad job of dedicating the same amount of resources so I think you know, the, the priority is to look at any missing and murdered person uh, with the same level of dedication and commitment and resources. And I think it's absolutely crucial that we don't minimize one over the other. Um, I think another step of that, and again, I don't know the local territory on this yet, so it's a learning curve for me, but working with the specific indigenous tribes or people groups is, is a crucial part of that too, because they have different Uh, ways of grieving. They have different ways of interacting with law enforcement. They have different ways of interacting with the families. So I think we need to be respectful and very focused and intentional on how do we interact with the families of the victims from day one and making sure that we are appropriate and uh, methodical and deliberate and uh, respecting their culture and their customs.
1: Gotcha. And I think it's quite significant that you acknowledge, you know, there's that need to make sure there's equal resource distribution there. Because even at the the state level, we've seen the Public Safety Commissioner make comments on that, where it's like, yeah, there needs to be more resources and time put into those areas. So to hear you acknowledge that very early on in your time here, I think is quite important to note. Now, Jazz, I am going to offer you the next question.
0: What are your thoughts on addressing the influx of fentanyl um, specifically along with other drugs in the Juno community?
2: Again, I, I don't know all the resources we have within the community outside of law enforcement. Um, and that's a question that uh, I think I need more, more knowledge on simply because there, there's, uh, you know, as we look at drug investigations, there's many facets to it. There's not just a law enforcement element. There's treatment, there's rehabilitation, there's crisis intervention, there's a mental health component frequently. And so I'm still learning what all the resources are available outside of our department and outside of um, CCAD, the local uh, drug task force. So with, with that understanding, I would say, um, I think we have a very impressive uh, task force with CCAD and with all the agencies involved in that. Uh, they do great work, um, you know, and I think we have great support from the federal level all the way down to the local level and the state level for that. Um, it's It's a very good from what I've seen in, in in my career, it's a very good healthy uh task force um, I think we have some very unique challenges that we don't have in other places in southeast Alaska that make it much harder to do drug investigations, and I think that task force has adapted well uh to those challenges. There's certainly more and more challenges than uh, we have solutions for um, but
0: right it's a good like starting point in southeast there's been drugs transported on ferries for example and well you
1: wouldn't have that issue in colorado you would have yeah. that in other places <laughs> down that's South. true fair enough fair
2: enough yeah i mean the ferry even uh coming in on containers through barges you know just just the uh ability to interdict some of those shipments i think is much more uh, difficult up here than what you would see in other places um that would also say we have more uh more challenges with resources um You know, at the ferry terminal in Seattle, they have, or in uh, Bellingham, they have explosive canines, they have drug canines, they have multiples of those that search every car coming in. We don't have those resources here. We don't have, you know, multiple explosive dogs, multiple drug dogs to search every car going on the ferry. We just have less resources, so it's more challenging.
1: Definitely. Now, I will say, as I say this almost, Only a little jokingly, I will take the very difficult question that we've written down on this sheet of paper here, (laughs) which is uh, while you were serving as the police chief in Brush, Colorado, there was an investigation that led to that led that targeted two school administrators who stored explicit photos of minors as evidence in a sexting investigation. And you had this conversation with some of the other news outlets here in town. Now, if this type of incident were to happen in Juneau, how would you handle that?
2: You know, I don't think I would do much different uh, than what I did in Brush, In Brush, I reached out to many other police chiefs Um, early on in the investigation. We reached out to, and I'll get the acronyms wrong, but it's uh, something like the Superintendent's Association of America uh, talked to the High School Principals Association, a nationwide entity, uh, talked to a middle school principals association. You know, we not just me, but, but my entire department, we did a lot of background work before any decisions were made. Talked to a lot of people to get input on, you know, what should we do? What's the right steps to take? Um, and, and truly, I think at the end of the day, our job as law enforcement is to stand up and be the sometimes unspoken, but, uh, the, the voice of the victims. Uh, and that's really the, the path we took in brush. Um, you know, we had one known victim, other potential unknown victims, and our job is to represent the victims in the case and do the right thing. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that we did do the right thing in that situation. Um, again, I would argue there's there's no circumstance where it makes sense for a school district to maintain a file of nude photos of the students. That just doesn't make sense. Um, and and I, my experience and my interactions are. Every educator I talked to would agree with that. They don't see a need for that. Um, Does it rise to a criminal element? Probably, Um, you know, and uh, the outcome is decided by the courts. But our job is to be truthful, honest, and respect the victims first, and I believe that's exactly what we did. So if I were to encounter a similar circumstance here, uh, you know, there's always lessons we can learn but I would take a very similar path and similar approach. Um, early on in the Brush School Districts, we had an open dialogue with the superintendent, uh, with the school board. I would take that very same approach here. Um, our goal there was to work closely with and uh, solicit their assistance in that. We would do the same thing here. Um, I think that that relationship between a police department and a school district is a crucial relationship in any community. And the goal is to maintain that and uh, work well together. So,
1: Gotcha, well, on that note, is there anything else that you would like the the Juno community and the, really the Southeast community at large to know now that you've taken over as police chief before we wrap up the show?
2: You know, I would uh, just say we're, we're happy to be here. Uh, very blessed to be here. We're hiring. So if you are looking for a career, uh, whether it's dispatch, patrol, or something else, we probably have a spot for you. And uh that's my my shameless plug. Deputy Chief Campbell does them every <laughs> time he comes here.
0: And you have some hiring incentives in place right now, I believe, too.
2: We do, and I don't know exactly what they are, so I'm not gonna try to okay. venture <laughs> down the road. Good. But uh we we definitely uh are incentivizing people coming through the door, so all righty. Well, on that note,
1: uh, Chief Boss, thank you very much for coming. In. It's nice to get a chance to catch up with you and have myself meet you versus just having Jazz meet you when you were getting yeah. sworn in. But I'm sure I'll be seeing you around a lot more.
2: Yeah, thanks for right having it, me.
1: It's also hard to miss me in places. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All righty. You've all been listening to Action Line provided through KINY. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.